Welcome to Weaning 15, my new podcast series all about weaning. In each episode, I'm going to be talking with Charlotte Sterling Reed, a registered nutritionist specialising in maternal and infant nutrition. Charlotte is the expert in this field who has helped me with my new book, Weaning 15. Each episode will cover a different topic with the aim of giving you all the knowledge and confidence you need to start weaning your baby. Thanks for listening. Let's get weaning. Welcome to episode number four of Wean and 15. Today's podcast is all about milk versus solids and understanding portion sizes. Now, this is quite a confusing subject, isn't it? Because yeah, people completely. often say, you know, when do I reduce milk? When do I increase food? So tell us a little bit about the transition and when mm-hmm. we should start reducing or if not keeping the milk the same okay. when we start weaning. Yeah, completely. Um, I think a lot of people start weaning and they expect almost straight away they're going to cut back on milk, but that's not how it works. Ultimately, you want to um, start introducing solid foods really gently and gradually. And as you start building on that very, very naturally over time, you'll find that baby's milk intake start to decrease. So you still offer them the same amount of milk at the start of weaning as you did before you started weaning your baby. Because really, in the first few months, I mean, most of the nutrition and and the calories and nutrients is coming from the breast milk or formula, isn't it? So it really is. I know that thing is food for fun. Food for one before is spit out. Food food before one is just for fun. Yeah. Is that true? Are they getting anything (laughs) from it? Because mainly it's just like taste it, spit it out, taste it, spit it out, swallow a little bit. But I suppose most of the nutrition is coming from the milk, right? It is initially. It is initially, but actually as your baby, and also, again, as we always have to say, all children are really different, but as your baby gets used to solids and starts really developing an appetite for them and starts having more and more each of their meal times, you'll find that milk gradually starts to decline. And actually the calories that baby will get from food will start to take over the calories that they have from milk at around about 10, 11 months of age. And it's almost that the baby kind of decides that, doesn't it? Like you can't really say, I'm going to cut milk out of your day or I'm going to give you an extra meal. I think it's a natural progression. You'll just start to see the demand, like supply and demand. And obviously Rosie was breastfeeding up to about nine months and then um, it got a little more challenging. And if we were having time away and stuff, she started to express, but then like the supply dropped a little bit. So so we were doing a combination of basically breast milk, and formula milk and then at one she switched on to cow's milk so can you Mm -hmm. explain yeah when when a child um, can start drinking cow's milk like yeah from that's a, a good question we get asked about that a lot don't we i think people are really confused about milk recommendations but in the uk we recommend that not to give babies a whole drink of cow's milk before they are one year of age but from one you can absolutely offer your baby full fat cow's milk um in place of their formula milk if you're breastfeeding you can absolutely carry on breastfeeding as long as you and your baby want to um but yeah you will see that that natural decline generally some babies love their milk and it's quite quite, um, common for them to kind of get a little bit stuck on milk and and less interested in solids and there's loads of things you can do if that happens so establishing a bit more of a structure around feeding making sure that you're offering solids before you offer milk so baby's not too full Um, but ultimately it is hopefully a gradual and natural process from solids on uh, from milk sorry onto solid foods but milk's still important so even after one year of age baby will still have some milk in their diet whether that be breast milk or formula milk or full fat cow's milk a lot of people ask me you know when did you stop giving indy her milk in the afternoon when did she stop drinking through the night and it was almost like she just suddenly one day she just didn't want her you know her day milk off rosie then it kind of she was having like a morning bottle of milk um and an evening bottle of milk and then yeah just was kind of you know demand kind of dropped and she was eating bigger portions her mm. appetites were bigger and yeah. she was eating quite a big dinner and sleeping through the night and a lot of parents like well if your baby doesn't eat their dinner 
and they don't drink milk, aren't they going to wake up in the middle of the night? And I, mm. I mean, that's never happened with Indy mm. because I think if she was hungry, she would have eaten more. And it's about kind of letting your baby also, you know, lead you a little bit in that. You don't oh, have to force massively. a portion and they finish every bit of it for them to, for you to say, oh, they're full up now because appetite is changing so much. And yeah. I really, I really noticed that when she was weaning, sorry, when she was teething, when she was ill, when she was overtired, like sometimes yeah. she'd go a whole day or two days about eating a thing. Yeah, and I'd be like, food. is that all right? But in the end I was like, well, if she's hungry, she'll eat, and she's mm. having a milk. Um, and there's a lot of people quite stressed about that, aren't they? If their baby doesn't polish off the whole plate, you know, they worry yeah. about it, don't they? There's this concept called responsive feeding, and it's, it's it, it doesn't kind of make sense when you just talk about it like that, but responsive feeding is something that's really important when it comes to whether you're feeding your baby with breast milk or formula milk or whether you're introducing solids. And it's this idea that we should try and let our babies decide how much they want at each of those meals, whether that be a breastfeed, a formula feed, or whether that be for breakfast, for example, because they're actually very good at regulating their own appetite. It's important not to over ride them so if baby has half a bottle and then thinks oh do you know what I I don't want anymore but we're constantly thinking oh god but I need my baby to finish this bottle then actually we're overriding some of those innate signals in baby to know when they are full so yeah I I I think this is a really big one appetites go up and down all the time and the best thing to do is to communicate with baby even as early on as six months, you know, start saying to them, when are you full? You know, if I take the plate away, are you full? Have you had enough? Like really try and engage with them and understand them and also listen to their cues. If they're saying, if they're clamping their mouth shut and turning their head away, they don't want that food and just respect that. So it's it's a difficult one to get on board with because I think as parents, we always have this idea to, we need to fill up or we need to fuel our babies, but actually trying to listen to their ups and downs of their appetite, their natural ebbs and flows that's fine and that is what we should try and do I think yeah the portion size question is a massive a massive yeah. thing that people ask because you know they might see Indy having a massive bowl of porridge and I share it and I say look before and after and sometimes she completes the whole bowl yeah. other days surely a quarter of it so it's it's almost like just like you as an adult there's days when you're more active you move mm. about you want more food you eat more calories yeah. um, and there's days when you're more sedentary and you just don't eat as much and it's it's the same thing with a baby. Don't feel the pressure to get them eating three meals a day, bang on at the same mm. time. And this is the portion. You know, you might look at the plate and go, they haven't touched it, they barely eat anything. They're a fussy eater, they're not eating, they're really awkward, but maybe they just didn't want to eat in that moment in time. Yeah. And I've got this principle that rather than stress, you know, make the situation stressful and put pressure on her and say, you know, you're not leaving the table, you've eaten all that. I would do the opposite. I'd take her down from the chair, go away and play for an hour, or go to the park, make her burn more energy to build up an appetite and you know that's not me making her go hungry i think there's this confusion that oh you know you should feed your baby and don't starve them out but i'm just saying look you're not hungry now let's go and work up an appetite mm. and when i come back nine times out of ten mm. she would eat the meal that mm. she refused a few hours ago because she just wasn't in the mood for it yeah. and then even with teething you know like you literally your baby can go two or three days without eating Completely. barely any food yeah and that's fine because they're still getting their nutrition from the milk and don't let that work you up. It's yeah. totally normal. And I, th I think it's so important to realise that if we're, as adults, sometimes we go through a week where we don't have much of an appetite. Maybe we've got a cold or maybe we're feeling unwell or we've got a dodgy tummy and it affects your appetite. And if, you know, if, if someone was sitting with us trying to force us to eat food or trying to encourage us to finish a plate. Spoon. Some yeah. big wooden kitchen spoon, <laughs> like a giant. Yeah, you <laughs> and wouldn't, then we wouldn't want it. it. So I think it is so, it's, it's all about listening to the appetite. And you're absolutely right. I think loads of people love the thing that you say, Joe where mealtime's not going well, that's fine. Take baby out, pop it in the fridge, do something else, distract them, and let's try it again later. It's a really, really good way to look at it. Stress-free, pressure-free, 
I think it's important. I also think that as your child grows up and they start, let's for example, they start crawling, they're burning an X amount more energy and they start walking and running and they burn more energy. So their their appetite will naturally increase Mm. as they grow older. Um, So they're really the answer to the portion size thing and understanding portions. There is no perfect portion size. Just like with my cookbooks, my my Lean in 15 cookbooks, I don't say to people, this is the perfect amount of food for Mm. each human being. I say, this is the recipe. If it's too much, reduce it. If it feels like it's not enough and you don't feel as energetic Mm. as you want to be, um, you know, increase it. And so it's the same thing. Focus on, you know, nice, generous portion sizes, but don't make it the end of the world if they don't eat it all Mm. because... They are little people with tiny little stomachs. Yeah, and I think it's really important as well. Some parents, some children eat lots and they just naturally have big appetites and other children are a bit more nibblers. They have small amounts more often. That's okay, but try and listen to your kind of baby's cues. And if, if you know, they're eating less than little Johnny next door, that's, that's all right. Don't try not to compare and just go with your baby's own appetite flow. I'm seeing a massive difference even in like Indy and Marley. So Indy's got a big appetite and she would have like, you know, a big feed and would sleep for quite a long time in between. Whereas Marley is more of a cluster feed. Like he'll mm. feed and then an hour later he wants more milk. So that is a whole other thing to navigate. Yeah. Um, but I suppose the, the lesson is that every child is going to be very different. Yeah, completely. And, and he was obviously premature, so he's probably catching up a little bit. But yeah, it's kind of take each child as they come. Yeah. And we're both, you know, we both haven't weaned our second babies yet. So we've got that to come. And I bet it will be a different journey, you know. It will be learning and interesting. But I think if you try and go with the same approach and the same kind of mindset that we we've had which is that relax and eat together and enjoy meal times and don't put the pressure on then hopefully we'll still end up with good eaters well my theory <laughs> is that indy's, a, indy's an amazing eater and she's really adventurous because i've been the chef i create the menu you know mm. i do the i do it every day and i really make an effort and i'm constantly pushing her and challenging her and i think well, as long as i do it at my next baby how can they be fussy? But look, this may completely backfire, but I suppose <laughs> a, fu- a, f- a fussy child, I think the consistency, as mm. long as I'm doing what I can, multiple exposures to yeah. different foods, yeah. trying out Variety. new things, not getting stuck into like, you know, narrowing their food choices and giving them what they want. I like to think that Marley is going to be the same as Indy, but mm. who knows? I'll tell you in a few months' time how it's going. <laughs> um, but how important is like meal timings and routine for a baby when they're weaning? Is, is it really essential that you have breakfast, lunch and dinner at the same time or can you be more flexible? Because I mm. am, to be honest with you, much more flexible. Sometimes Indy will have dinner at 5 or 6 p.m. on her own. Mm. Um, other times she'll have dinner with us at 8.30, yeah. 9 p.m. Like, and I kind of, I'm okay with that, but mm. what's your kind of theory on yeah, it? Yeah, I think it goes, it, it varies from family to family. One thing I would say is certainly when you're starting out with weaning, if you're having trouble with your baby kind of accepting to solid foods, definitely have a look at the structure and the routine that you're offering because what can happen is a baby can get a bit confused. Children like to know when food is coming or, or kind of have some kind of routine. So I often talk about it as a structure. It doesn't mean it has to be at eight o'clock on the dot your baby has their breakfast. But if you've got a similar structure every day, so baby has milk and then maybe an hour later their breakfast and then there's an hour and then they have their lunch or however it works for your family, just try and fit it into a structure so your baby knows when to expect solids versus milk. That's a great, great bit of advice. And I definitely think I, I was listening to you around that because you don't want to give your baby milk and then expect them to come downstairs and have a massive bowl of porridge mm. or an omelette. It's like giving that time to breathe. And so in these kind of routine, yeah, if I think back to when she first started, she'd come down, she'd ha- so she'd have her breakfast in bed, her milk, sorry, milk in bed. Then we'd come down about an hour later maybe yeah. and play for a little bit, do a bit of story time. And then we'd try our breakfast. And 
I think having that gap is important because mm. otherwise your baby's like, I've just had loads of milk, yeah. dude, I've got no room in, this, in my stomach. And I think that I think what sometimes parents can do is they can replace them, the meals with milk. Um, so, you know, one day it'll be a meal time and the next day it'll be a milk time. And actually babies really like what they're familiar with. So if they're used to having milk, they might start rejecting the food. So a structure when you're introducing those foods, starting off with one meal a day, building up really gradually to a second meal. And then again, after a couple more weeks or maybe a month or so, then that third meal but just do it gradually and try and have some kind of structure at the beginning because I think it can really help but obviously you know as you say families are all different and it what works for one family is going to be totally different to what works for another we're going to talk about in the next episode about creating a calm environment and that kind of yeah. you know role modeling and routine and creating that nice you know calm time where you sit together and I think that's that's a really important part of the process so Indy really associates like breakfast lunch and dinner with, with nice calm music so mm. we don't have like TV blaring and there's no screens and stuff in front of her and I think she loves that that she knows calm music we sit down together yeah. and I really want to promote and Completely. encourage the idea of dinner time is a time of connection so rather than disconnect and you stick the iPad on on the TV and it's just about, you know, you're going to autopilot and eat. It's like, and actually take that moment to like just sit mm. and look at your baby and talk and have a, have a bit of fun. Mm. And, you know, food's flying all over the place. Yeah. You end up with custard in your face and porridge <laughs> all over the floor. But it's fun. Enjoy it. And, so, and let them see you eating because they learn so much from that, don't they? Really important. Yeah, really important. And that's why I think children learn their motor skills. They learn. Yeah. They, they learn yeah. from seeing what you're up to. And, you know, oh, well, mummies are eating a big portion of that. I might try a bit more and, you know, trying rather than the whole airplane technique and confusing them and distracting yeah. them, I actually just think I, I, I prefer it when I just leave her to it yeah. and I look around in my corner and she's eating it. She's yeah, she's, she's going for it. it. She's yeah. getting on with it. Yeah. So <laughs> that is a is a nice thing to think about, like seeing food, food time as a, as a, as a you know, a time of connection and not letting it be this really stressful and anxious, yeah. like high pressured environment, because if you are a parent that feels that way in your head and you and you ver 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 verbalize it and it comes out your baby picks up on that yeah, your baby picks up on that stress so. and that tension and they and they kind of feel more nervous around mm -hmm. food and and it's just a kind yeah, of yes a real knock on effect definitely yeah. that, i see that happen a lot and i think again you eating takes the pressure off milton we said that before but you eating and and feeding yourself takes the pressure off this kind of feeding baby at the table as well and it's not going to be every day like you know we have busy lives things yep. come up you're not going to sit three times a, three times a day eating you know meal a meal every with your baby day, but yeah. on the days you can um if you can sit down together i really think you'll notice an improvement in their um their kind of their, their food intake and how they feel calm and relaxed and enjoy yeah, that meal absolutely. together um Makes I, I get indie like stirring the oats and yeah. you know I get getting like, sprinkling her berries on her mm. porridge. All these little things make them feel like they're a part of that meal. And yeah. when it's like soft play and when they come to, to it, the food, yeah. they're like, oh, this is amazing. I made this. I'm going to eat this. Um, <laughs> let's quickly talk about um, meal prepping. Now, I think every parent has this beautiful idea that they're going to like prep every little meal and it's going to be all lined yeah. up in the freezer in the fridge. And that kind of happens for the first few months, doesn't it? But then it suddenly gets a bit more challenging. Mm. But I do think in those early months when you're trying those new veg and those purees, because it, it's a pain in the ass, like boiling veg every day yeah, and sitting there yeah. waiting for it to come and your kids scream. And this is why if your baby's hungry and you've got something there, you can defrost it mm. st straight in the mic, give it to them. And then they're like, that's it. You've diffused that stressful situation yeah, because you're, you're ready. You're ahead of yeah. time. So how important do you think meal prevalence? Have you got any tips for oh, prepping gosh, like a boss? Hard. It's so hard. I think definitely in the early weeks, if you can get yourself prepped and like you say, get those meals ready so you know what you're doing. But ultimately you want to get your baby involved in the kinds of foods that you're eating. So once they've had those first foods and they're experiencing meals, you want them to start experiencing the kind of meals that you eat as a family. Um, so, you know, it's really hard to prep in advance. If you are organised, and you can have a day where you 
bash out meals for the whole week on a Sunday, for example, brilliant. I think you're winning. I can't, I can't do it. I'm not organised enough. So really, it's just bish, bash, bosh, Rafi screaming at my leg when I'm creating dinners for him. It definitely helped in the early days. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like we'd have those little ice cube trays and we'd do like, you know, spinach in one and either yeah. like peas and carrot and parsnip. It's just nice. You just pop them out, whack it in the mic, defrost it or defrost it in some hot water. Yeah. And it just means that within two minutes of you walking in the door and your baby's been crying food. in the car seat for half an hour, yeah. you've got food. So it definitely helps. But like I said, yeah, when you get onto that next phase, which we talk about in the Weaning 15, but you move on pretty quick. And before you know it, you're like, Completely. actually, we're eating the same food. Like, we're chilling, yeah. having the same food. We're having a little omelet together. Yeah. We've got a little stew or a little curry. And... You can move on, and I think the quicker you get through those textures mm. to those flavours and those different types of foods, that's when you're sitting there eating a chilli or a bolognese yeah. or a risotto together, and you think, oh, actually, this is fine. Yeah. But, yeah. In the if early you can st- prep them, you're absolutely winning at life, but I just never have been organised enough to do it. <laughs> right, we're one minute over. We yeah. Think we, we should have called it Lean in 16, but I've got my timer. <laughs> we're one minute over. So one more question to talk yeah. about is... Um, are there any supplements you recommend giving a baby when they're weaning? And um, I always hear this thing about iron intake, iron intake. So what, what is that about? Can okay. you briefly explain? Okay, so really briefly, supplements. The NHS recommend that all children from um, that are breastfed should be having vitamin D and children who are having less than 500 mils of milk should have vitamin D every day. That's just because we don't get enough from the sun in the UK. In the UK, we also recommend um, vitamin A and vitamin C from around six months of age or when babies, again, having less than 500 mils of formula. So so those are two recommendations. Iron, yes, iron is important because actually um, our babies get their stores from uh, their mother during pregnancy and at around six months it starts to run out. So foods like uh, meat, fish, eggs, beans, lentils, pulses, nut butters, they're all sources of iron. So it's good to try and include those in baby's diet from six months of age. Perfect. That's an amazing answer. And it's also good to give those practical examples so that people can focus in not just on one, but a combination. You know, can you put some nut butter in with, um, you know, some veg or some fish and, you know, combine different things. So then you know that your baby's getting a healthy amount of iron and you haven't really got to think about it. Um, So, yeah, I really enjoyed that podcast. Really great episode. And I'm very excited about coming up on episode number five because we're talking about creating a calm environment and a happy baby. So we'll talk about mealtime environment, role modelling, cooking together, creating that routine and really enjoying the journey. So thank you for listening to episode number four and I look forward to chatting with you soon for episode number five. Yeah, see you soon.